Podcast Tax News with Glenn Birnbaum. Glenn is with Heinel Banhort out of East Peoria, Illinois. And this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Wheel, your premier ag tire and wheel provider in North America, helping people grow. Glenn, it's been a little bit, man. How you been? Good, Casey. Yeah, it's hard to believe January's over, but um, we'll take it. So we didn't have too bad weather here in Illinois. So. Yeah. Now, we've, we've had some actually unseasonably warm weather here uh in january compared to what we had uh, leading up to january so um all things uh said i can't really complain much about what's going on now this morning we've got you know 25 degrees in snow um it's amazing how the weather can swing from uh 63 degrees on sunday and then here it is tuesday and it's 25 degrees or actually it was it's 14 degrees and four inches of snow i just never ceases to amazing when it does that for sure. Yeah. All right. So you wanted to talk a little bit today about QBI or uh, qualified business income and uh, the DPAD as far as that can, as far as uh, what happens with co-ops and, and uh, how, how they can use different funds for different things. So I guess yeah. we'll then take it off there because that's about my uh, my level of knowledge on the subject. Yeah, you've introduced it well. Yeah, we're, I guess, I think we're about 23 months in and we're still talking about you know, the co-op and the D-pad and all this stuff. So um, one thing, you know, January 31st would have been the deadline. You know, it's the deadline to get your W-2. If you probably, hopefully, Casey, you've got your W-2. Mm-hmm. It's also, you should be getting your 1099 PATR, or basically the patronage form that you get from your co-op if you're selling grain to a co-op. So now the some boxes are kind of front and center uh, on there. And so I want to talk about that a little bit, and then, then we'll get into the QBI. So what we're talking about is um, box six. And box six is still labeled D-pad for 2019. And that's the co-op has the option whether they kind of compute their own kind of calculation, and they can either choose to keep all the deduction for themselves, or they can elect to pass it out to the farmer. And so you might either find something in box six or you you might find nothing in box six. Um, The other new box for 2019 on this form is box seven, which is basically called like qualified payments. Um, And we've seen here in Illinois, several co-ops that where that box is blank. And I've talked to some other tax repairs and, um, if you do see that that box is blank, um, it may be that the co-op may be, perhaps did not realize, you know, that this, that's a new form and you have to fill it out. So there is some confusion about how all this works. So we have a new box seven. It may be blank. If it is, you probably want to follow up with your co-op. And we have box six, which I've seen has been blank as well um, on some co-ops around here. Um, and again, that's the D-pad deduction. So what if box six isn't blank to get to your kind of what you introduced there? how do we compute our qualified business income? Okay, so typically what we're gonna look at, if we're gonna look at our Schedule F income, and we are gonna have to factor in certain other deductions like self-employed health insurance or self-employment tax, 
But the bottom line is kind of our net farm income, right? We get this 20% deduction initially. That's kind of what we're hoping for. And if we sell to a co-op, it's a more complicated calculation. Uh, if you remember, Casey, we call it the, the deduction or reduction, where possibly your 20% deduction might go down to like 11%. And there's complications with that. But if you're a farmer and you don't pay much wages or zero wages, then you really aren't going to get much of a hit. You're going to be able to still keep your 20% deduction. So the question that's come up here in the last two or three months, which is still, I thought that we'd get some clarity on this in the month of January. We did not. So I've kind of been holding on it. We did talk a little bit about it in December, but the question is, do I have to take that DPAD deduction that comes from on that form? And remember, I didn't pay any cash for this. It's not like I wrote a check. You know, this is just like a deduction that the co-op didn't use. And they said, here, you take it. And so do I have to take that deduction and reduce my qualified business income or my, my otherwise my farm income, which obviously hurts me a little bit, right? If I have less in the less income I have. So, you know, in a, in a simple, simple illustration, right? If I make, you know, $100,000 on my farm, you know, with all my deductions factored in, and then I get a $20,000 pass-through deduction from my co-op, right? Do I get a 20% on a hundred thousand, which would be a $20,000 deduction, or is it, is it only 20% on 80,000 because I've got a factor in that DPAD. And right now we don't know the answer. The IRS has kind of informally said that you should subtract this. Um, it would be news to most, most tax repairs that I, that I know. Um, so anyway, it's, it's just one of those things that we still don't know exactly how to compute it. Um, so anyway, take a look at your 1099 PATR. If box six is zero, then really this isn't an issue this year. Um, but it could be an issue going forward um, from that perspective. I guess so what's your advice then, Glenn? I mean, it sounds like to me, yeah. even if the box is zero, you still have a risk of not being correct. So what, what's, uh, what's, yeah. some, what's some advice you would have for folks out there to maybe forego some hard, hardship here? Well, yeah, I mean, if box six is zero, and I was talking about as, as well, but, you know, if we're talking about box six, the deep head, if it's zero, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's correct, meaning that the, the, they didn't pass any deduction out to you, so then you don't have to worry about this year. Um, box seven is kind of another matter. It's more of a technicality for the, for the co-op um, that they, you know, it's just a new form and they don't understand how to how to deal with it. But if you do have something in box six, um, you know, you, you know, obviously we're, we're giving just general guidance here. Always consult your tax, you know, your tax advisor. Um, but there's nothing formal by the IRS that says we need to reduce QBI by the DPAD. You know, from my perspective, you know, I'm going to talk about it with my clients and, and make sure they understand the risk. But until we get, you know, more clarity, you know, I'm not, I haven't filed any returns yet, but I'm not sure I'm going to follow that informal rule until, until we get more guidance. You know, when we look at the statute, you know, the actual internal revenue code, you know, we don't see that that is, that that should be a deduction. So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, man, you think they'd have this figured out by now because you and I first met because of this whole issue. Yes. And uh, here we yeah. are, just the content that we've been able to lay down because of that. It's been great, but my God, you think they'd have some, some level of right. uh, clarity here now, you know, almost yeah. two years into this. Yep. So another thing I want to talk about, um, again, kind of another 
uh, not very clear. And this would be, what if you have negative farm income, right? Or negative QBI. This is, you know, this can happen, right? Certainly times are tough or you may have, you may take uh, depreciation or things, right? And create a loss and, you know, so anyway, how do you handle this when you have a loss? Okay, so this would be the situation where you're a farmer and you sell all your grain to a co-op, okay? So this, we have to put our math math hat on here, Casey. Right on. So this will be interesting. So if I do, I don't have any wages and I sell all my grain to a co-op, okay? When you have positive income, you take the lesser of Let's say I made $100,000. So again, we'll get to this negative example. If I made $100,000, because I got to keep the math simple, I possibly could get reduced by 9% of $100,000 or okay. $9,000. Right. Deduction to reduction. But if my wages are zero, the lesser of 9% of $100,000 or 50% of my wages. And obviously, 50% of zero wages is zero. That is less than 9,000. So my deduction reduction is zero. Okay. That's why if you're a farmer, you don't have much wages. You really don't have to worry about this. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's flip it. What if we have a $100,000 loss? Okay? okay. And you work the math and the form is finalized. We did not have forms last year. We had worksheets. Now we have a form. It's finalized. And if you work through the math, 9% of negative 100,000 is negative 9,000, right? Right. And is negative 9,000, this is a good, this is your math question, Casey. Okay. Is negative 9,000 less than zero? In other words, 50% of wages is zero. Is negative 9,000 less than zero? It was when I went to school, yes. Yep. So, so that's less. Than they have zero. a whole new way of teaching math now, so I don't know for yeah. sure what, what they got going on. Okay, so now your deduction reduction is negative 9,000. You follow me? Yep, I'm tracking. And so if you work through the form, it says you subtract negative 9,000. It basically indicates that you would actually increase your deduction by 9,000. So your 1998 deduction would go from zero to $9,000, right? Okay. Now, this is what the form says. Um, you would think they would have said if less than zero, you know, make it zero. You know, they have these things. So people are wondering, like, is this just a typo? But, but it's this forms went through two or three revisions. And so potentially, you know, you could carry this on and say that if you have negative farm income, you actually could get a free 9,000, you know, in my example, 9% deduction. Now, how this would factor in next year or something, but, but we don't know if, you know, if this is really going to hold water, but literally according to the form, if you just follow it through, it, it might work out. So. so let me get this straight. There, there's a, there's a, you're saying there's a glitch on the form that's going to give you an, an additional reduction in your tax liability if you have a yeah. loss. Correct. Now, if you really think it through, though, if, if you – if that's the only income you have on your return, you know, this negative 100,000, you may remember this, there's an overall limit to this deduction of 20% of your taxable income. So in my scenario, if you had this negative 100,000 on your Schedule F, you know, you'd have to have some other income, you know, spouse working or some other businesses 
that would be able to use that extra nine thousand dollar deduction. But it just kind of shows, you know, that again, two years in, we're still kind of working through some of these little quirks about, you know, going back to math, like you said, and what's the lesser of. But the form is is very clear that you know you you can't have a negative number. Huh. So anyway, it's that's more of a just an just a a tidbit. Um, hopefully, you know listeners aren't in that situation where you've got negative, but you could have, you could have a negative schedule F, but then you have another business, right. That's making money. And because you bought a fair amount of equipment, right. Maybe even mm-hmm. some equipment you know, on your farm, you have a loss in there and, and you want to offset that against your other income. So it's, it's just extra complications. Sounds like it. That, and this has probably been known for, you know, four or five months. So just, just not clear guidance. They are, so we have the final form, um, but the instructions of that final form have not been finalized yet. And so that's, I was really hoping we'd get the final instructions released in January so that I could talk about more of this, but, but it's, so we'll see how that, um, how that comes into play. Man, it's, uh, you, you would think that they would have, I don't know how it goes through so many revisions and then there's still yeah. all these yeah. Questions in the air, so I don't know. Good um, stuff, government for you, I guess, right? Yeah. Other things, Casey, just that we're, you know, we did, well, January 15th was the fourth quarter estimate, and so some farmers do make a fourth quarter estimate. Other farmers have until March 1st, so you don't have to make any quarterly estimates if you if you file your tax return and pay your tax by March 1st. And so that deadline is approaching, you know, will we have final forms? Will we have... You know, there, it may be that that uh, we may not be able to file quite on time. In years past, sometimes the IRS has extended that and said, "Hey, I think they did it like in the last 24 hours last year." That oh, now we'll give you till April 15th. So, so we're looking at that. Um, but yeah, people are you know dropping off their information. Um, one thing we're looking at, as you know, is you know obviously government subsidies are up, and so some clients of mine are looking at um, making sure they're going to pass, make, you know, there's certain limits, right? Income limits to be able to be eligible for farm income, the subsidy payments. Right. And so a lot of times those are based on like a three-year average and you go back several years. And so sometimes we're, we're just evaluating, do we want to show a certain income number just to kind of keep our income below a certain threshold? Right. So, we can be eligible for farm program payments in the next year. You know, several years ago when I talked to my clients about this, you know, most of them were not concerned about government payments. Right. I don't know. You know, and now obviously things, things switch maybe just like the, like the weather, like you said earlier, you know, things can change on a dime. And now, you know, we're, we're trying to make sure we're, we're taking a real big picture view. So I may say, Hey, I'd like to show some income here from my perspective, you know, cause we're going to use up a certain tax bracket. We're not really paying that much tax. You know, we want to take advantage of these low brackets, but it may be that that, you know, throws us over a threshold looking back two or three years. If we had some particularly high years or higher years in the past, right. We might need a lower year to take our three year average down. So a lot of things to think about. Um, and, and so one of the big choices in doing that, you might say, well, how do you, how can you adjust your income after the fact? Well, one of the big things would be depreciation, right? If I take out of depreciation, I can get a, get a loss or get my income down lower. 
And if I take just kind of regular depreciation, my income would be a lot higher. So that's still a lever we can pull, you know, talking to people in February about things. So just, just be aware of that as well. It's not just income tax law. It's, you know, we're trying to really think about everything. Um, and then obviously we don't know what, what prices are going to be, but, but, uh, you know, the prospects are, I guess what just, it was just announced we're going to get the third tranche of MFP payments, right? Yeah. I saw that. Yep. So anyway, it's, it's just another thing we have to look at is maybe we should keep our income down. Um, or at least one year should be down in order to keep that average where we want it to be. So, Well, good stuff as usual, Glenn. Man, you got a ton of stuff going on there and a lot of stuff going on as far as just keeping, you know, all the balls up in the air without dropping anything. So, um, yeah. you know, as usual, make sure you, you talk to your, uh, your tax professional about this stuff. And if they want to talk to you about this stuff, Glenn, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, it's best to call my office here at Heinel Banwert, uh, 309-694-4251 is the number. Or you can always look me up on Twitter, at Glenn Birnbaum is my handle. Yep, Glenn does a really good job about getting stuff out there on, on Twitter and, and then the, uh, the feedback that comes back from the other tax professionals that are out there on uh, hashtag tax Twitter um, is, yes. is always good. So. A good resource. Yeah. Good resource for sure. So, Glenn, it's always a pleasure talking to you, man. Um, anything else? Anything else you want to throw out there before we shut this thing down? No, nope, I think that's enough. Okay. Well, I am Casey Seymour with uh, Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check my podcast out on anywhere you can find a podcast: iTunes, Google Play, any of those. Um, also, check out uh, globalagnetwork.com for all the latest news of the uh, other great podcasters that are out there on the network. And also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. And uh, I guess till then, I'm Casey Seymour for uh, Glenn Birnbaum. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Find us here Moving on